I want to look for a few minutes just at the necessity of listening to God and to His Spirit in our lives. And the fact that we have voices all around us. You know, I, I go to several different news sources, but I know very specifically that I'm only going to get certain articles from different groups. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, you can, you can say, well, I use Google, you know, <laughs> because they're big. And they, no, they have their own prejudices as well. And they want certain things emphasized. And, you know, it's like, well, you know it's got to be truth because I heard it on Facebook or the Internet. You know, that, we've all walked through that, right? And we kind of chuckle, but that's where we get most of our news anyway. And yet, when we're doing that, there are competing voices as to what's real and what's true and what's, what should we be listening to. When you're taking your classes, you're going to get opinions whether you ask to that, for that or not. You're going to be purchasing courses you don't care about, but they're still going to cause you to, to hear what they want you to hear and pursue that. And, and you have to eat the meat and spit out the bones. That's part of life. The wonderful thing that I find in the Lord is that He is willing to speak to us and speak truth to us if we'll call out to Him. And that's extremely valuable. And there's this awareness that if I will cultivate my relationship with Him and I will seek His voice in my life, I have the privilege of knowing that He is going to speak to me. Now, He's going to speak to me through His Word, but He is also going to use this vehicle of prayer where I have this sense that there is something that He is saying. Now, I don't want to pretend to you that I hear an audible voice from God every day and that, you know, that it's just as plain as reading something on paper. No. But in my heart, I know that I know that I know that He leads me and directs my life. And when I call out to Him with questions, there's answers. And as I seek Him, there's this opportunity of knowing that He doesn't refuse. Rather, He invests. Now, quite often, I don't really want to hear what he has to say. That's, that's a regular thing. But in truth, I know that what he's saying is better than what I have and more important than what I've found. And there has to be this thing that says, okay, even if I don't understand this, I know that you've spoken, and so this is what I need to do. In, uh, in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel had come out of Egypt and they're going through the wilderness and Moses is talking to them and he's laying down guidelines and instructions for them. Uh, they are seeing themselves as a nation of God. People of God, they, have, they are part of a covenant people. In other words, God sought them out and said, I'll pour blessing into you, but you need to be willing to follow me and love me with all your heart. And so... Moses is, is kind of evaluating, you know, what, how things will go, and he's saying, you need to be aware that there are going to be people that come along, prophets that are able to predict the future, or maybe even work miracles, but if they are trying to lead you in a direction that's apart from God, you need to cut them off. In fact, in that day, it was that he said, you need to stone them to death. Real iffy about what to be done, huh? It goes on in that same chapter, though, 
13th chapter, and he says, even if your best friend is talking like that, you need to cut him off. Even if your son or daughter, even if your husband or wife, he says, you cannot allow this to move you in another direction. And so in a sense, what we, what we come to when, when we look at the body of Scripture and, and what's been given to us, there's this, this point that's being made that's saying, if God speaks to you, you need to listen. And if you know what His truth is, you need to respond to that. You, can't, you don't have the option of just tossing it aside or wandering or allowing some other voice to come in and say, well, you know, that sounds pretty interesting. And so regularly through life, we're making these evaluations and we're evaluating our news sources. We're evaluating the source of conversation that we have with others. We're evaluating what preachers and teachers and apostles and prophets and everyone else is saying. And putting out, does it compare favorably with the scripture? Does it match with what God's speaking into my heart? And we have to sort that out and say, you know what? Some voices aren't worth listening to. Or we say, you know what? Regularly I'm getting insight from this person. I need to keep listening or responding. Matthew 7, ask, you will receive. Search and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. I don't know how many people come through my office and they're going, how do I know? I, don't, I said, I don't care if you have questions. That's normal. You need to be willing to receive the answer when it comes. If God's promised answers, then I don't care if you have to explore for a while. I still have things that are on the shelf, so to speak. Questions that aren't settled yet. You know, by and large, those things have been taken care of, but there's a few that I'm going... I don't get it even yet. I trust him, but I don't get it. But a lot of the things that I've wandered and done and explored through the years, I'm satisfied with at this stage of life. And it's a wonderful thing. You know, I tell folks, you know, for me to question even how creation, I had my mother hauling me into the pastor's office when I was six because I was asking questions that she didn't feel comfortable with. And quite honestly, the answers he gave me didn't work either at that point. But, uh, you know, I'm not wrestling with those issues now. And for me, I found a place of comfort. But you may be in the midst of that going, the questioning is not the issue. And being willing to listen to the answer, though, that's very, very important. Jesus was talking to Pilate. You know, Pilate's kind of evaluating what he should do. He's the governor of the region. And, and he says, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king? Yeah, I'm a king. Jesus, I came here to bring truth. And Pilate goes, oh, yeah, what is truth? You know, and as a governor, he had to realize that there were many decisions that he didn't have a clue as to what should be done, but he had to make a decision anyway. He'd have been in a position of going, you know what, I've studied all my life, I've trained all my life, and yet there's a lot that I don't have a handle on. What is truth? And you know, just toss it out there. 
And yet Jesus is, is making this declaration over himself, and he's saying, I'm truth. I came to bring truth to earth. The confidence that I have in Scripture is that Jesus Christ lived a different life than anyone else. And his resurrection points to a power that none of us has. And when I consider that and when I marvel at is that the fact that God, the creator of all things, would, would care about his creation enough to, to go and participate in it is just amazing to me. But that's what I believe. And furthermore, all of us have wandered away from his voice and wandered away from what we knew as truth. And there is a, a right of the Creator to say, smack, <laughs> done with you. But his, his character is such that he desires a relationship more. And so he's done what's necessary to restore that, bring us back into favor with him. In fact, to be called sons and daughters. Uh, that idea... That, that my maker would want a really big family and that he would want his creation to be a part of that family and he would make them in his image and he would do all of this so that one day they could be united forever. That's astounding to me. But I've embraced that as truth. And once you do, it, it, it affects everything of your life because you acknowledge that what's eternal is much more important than the temporal. What's, what's going to endure forever is much more important to my life than what's going on in this moment. Now, all of us get caught up in those days where all we see is the moment. But when things are working in the way they should, I'm looking and going further and going, that's what it's about. In the Old Testament or and through the New, you can see a number of things where people made bad choices on what we normally lean on. And I just want to bring some of those illustrations to you. Again, a, a story from Joshua, the children of Israel had gotten into the new land. Some people come to them wanting to make a, a, an agreement together or a treaty. And they, they know that they're not supposed to make treaties with anyone that's in that region. And yet, when, when the Gibeonites come to them, they come to them with old clothes and, and food that's dry and, and looks like it's weeks and weeks old. And they're going, these guys must have really come from a distance. Everything that we can see, all of our reasoning tells us that these guys are from a long ways away. A treaty couldn't be a bad thing. But Scripture says they didn't inquire of God. And so they were fooled. And so even though it looked on the surface like everything was right, and their leaders came to this consensus, this is a good decision. The fact that they had failed to call out to God put them in a bad position and a bad treaty. You know, it's the kind of thing that we observe. We do our very best to make wise choices. We look at all the factors that we can put in, but the truth is we don't know everything. And there's this privilege that we have in the Lord to call out and hear his voice and allow him to speak truth to us. If you're in this church very long, you're going to have people, what we call reading your mail. 
they're going to come to you, they're going to pray with you, and they're going to talk about things that you've never talked to them about and quite often have talked to no one else. What happens is that God gifts them to say things that you don't know that anyone else would know. And what we've done over time is cultivate that to where it's been fairly ordinary as a part of this group. Now, most of us, when we started praying that way, it was a fearful thing. We did a lot of activation exercises. We'd do things like write, seek the Lord, write down a verse, put it in a hat, and we'd pass it out in the room, and invariably, those scriptures would go to people that needed to hear that verse. You're going, is that possible? Hey, try it. We'd say, okay, write down a message that you have that you want to convey to someone, and then we would assign them to go talk to someone else. They'd bring that message there, and it would fit. You're going, really? Really. We'd go through exercises like, uh, okay, go meet with someone, pray, and then we're going to ask that you have a, a picture in mind that you can share. And we'd do that, and they'd, they'd keep working. First time I encountered this, I went to a, it was over at New Life Church here in town. There was training going on, and five times that day, they did activation exercises and I came out of that thing five for five, and I'm going, you got to be kidding. Now, I'd been around this a bit, you know, even before coming up here, but I'm looking at it and going, is it really that simple? Now, I'll confess to you regularly, I still encounter fear when I'm bringing something to someone that seems just, I have no clue to the attachment. But in my heart, there's a knowledge that I need to say this. And a number of this group have walked through that fear phase to say, God really is faithful. He really does speak to us. He works through us. And even though we know all our foibles and failures, he chooses to work through our lives. I am way off track, but <laughs> it's part of our history. I want you to know it. We're going to be revisiting some of that because it's so important to just know God, God will use you. And you're going, yeah, but you don't know me very well. You wouldn't say that. No, I, I know God fairly well. That's why I'm saying it. It's his desire. It's not about you. He's, he's bringing his word to the world. And he uses frail vessels. Like Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. <laughs> These, the vessel's not much, but the treasure inside, that's worth it. Okay, observation doesn't always work for us. Uh, the number of advisors. There was a, a Solomon's son, Rehoboam, was handed the kingdom. And... Uh, you know, his advisors come to him. The older advisors say, you know, the people are asking you to let off a little bit. If you'll do that, they'll be with you forever. The younger advisors go, 
no, if you think it was tough under my father, you wait till I'm done. And that's the ones he follows. He, he had plenty of, it tore the kingdom in two. And you're going, you know, a lot of people are speaking to me and they're giving me advice. That is not ultimately the essence of whether it's true or not. You have to balance it in the Lord and say, what are you speaking to me? There's a story that goes on from there. Rehoboam, the man that took the other portion of the kingdom, he's not living godly. He is doing his own thing. And a prophet comes to him one day and says, this altar that's here, the, the priest that you have, this altar is going to break in two. The priests that you have, some of their bones are going to be burned on it. And, and, and Rehoboam raises his arm to get that man, seize him. And his hand stiffens, and he can't move it. And he's going, something's not right here. You know, and he realizes that he's in big trouble. And he says, please take care of him. Help me. The guy prays for him, and, and he's restored. But there's this prophecy, and, and then an old man, an old prophet, hears about it. It's one of the strangest stories of Scripture that there is. Old prophet hears about what's taking place, and he says, go get that man for me, his son's. And uh, he goes and hears the story from the guy, and, the, and he says, come have some food with me. The guy's going, no, I've been told not to stop at all, not to go home, or, or, or not to eat until I get home, and, and I refuse the king. And he said, no, an angel spoke to me and said that you can stay here. Oh, an angel. Well, the guy has a meal, and the old prophet gets up and says, you violated God's command. You're going to die an unnatural death. And on the way home, a lion slays him, but the lion doesn't kill the donkey that has the, pro the young prophet. And so everybody's looking and going, what is going on here? The old prophet grabs him, brings him home, and uh, buries him in his own tomb, you know, grieves over the situation. And you're, you're reading through that, and you're going, there's a lot of... I have some questions on the shelf of that one even yet, right? But the moral of the story, it doesn't matter if somebody comes to you and says, an angel told me you should be doing this. You've still got to evaluate it in the Lord. You've got to sort it out with this scripture. You can't just say, well, an angel spoke it, it must be. In Jeremiah, you know, you can say, wow, prophets, maybe that's it. You know, Jer the book of Jeremiah, there's kind of a dueling thing with prophets. Uh, a guy named Hananiah uh, is telling the king, he's going, you know, uh, everything's going to work out. Nebuchadnezzar came here, but within two years, everything will be restored, and it's all going to be great. And Jeremiah is going, nope, and he puts on a wood yoke, you know, and says, that's what it's going to be, slavery for everyone. <laughs> Pretty bold to, to talk like that, but he did. And, and Hananiah breaks the yoke. You know, these guys are dueling it out. And he says, that, that yoke's going to be broken. And Jeremiah comes back and says, the Lord spoke to me and says, you're going to die an unnatural death within two years. Three months later, the guy's dead. But the prophets, you can hear competing prophetic voices. But the question is, what is God saying? 
You know, it, it, it doesn't even matter whether it's got the term religious on it or not. You've got to listen for what God is saying. Teachers. Now, I know this is Christian teachers, but uh, I would make it wider. They're people that we trust, people that have something to say. Paul's telling Timothy in the last days, people are going to draw to themselves teachers that tell them what they want to hear. That's one of the dangers, isn't it? Going around and getting advice till finally someone tells you what you want to hear. You know, there's <laughs> the temptation for us is to avoid what we don't want to deal with. And finally we'll say, well, so-and-so said this, and, I, you know, it just seemed right. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's often what we want to hear. And, you know, I... Yeah, I've been pastoring college kids for a long time, right? Invariably, some guy will come to me and say, I don't know about this God thing anymore. I'm really struggling. And I'm going, what you're really saying to me is you want to sleep with your girlfriend and you want justification for it. And the Bible's saying no, and we're telling you no, and, and yet, uh, you know, you... you uh, Suddenly, it's God's fault because he's not talking. No, he's talking plainly. You just don't want to listen. You know, and that's the danger in our lives. You know, it, it may be God's calling you to something that isn't wealthy. No, I want to be rich. And so-and-so prophesied over me, I'm going to be rich. Well, what did God say? You know, well, no, I mean, I was called for nobility. You know, I, people will one day know that I really am very special. Not special, very special. Well, what is God calling you? That's the issue. And all of us wrestle through these things, and, and regularly in life, our pride wants to push us further into things. Or our fear wants to shut us off from things. That we have to come to the point of saying, what is God speaking? This is out of John 16, 8. The Spirit will come and show the people of the world the truth about sin, God's justice and judgment. And in that same chapter it says, the Spirit shows what is true and will come and will guide you into full truth. That's the privilege that we have in the Lord. And if you're listening, He's willing to speak. What an incredible thing that is. This is out of Luke. As bad as you are, contemporary English version. You still know how to give good gifts to your children. You may be a wretch the rest of the time, but you, you still know how to give good gifts. It's easy to expound on how bad you can be, right? But your heavenly Father is even more ready to give the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. His character is good and perfect and loving. And Jesus was making this declaration. He says, he will speak to you if you ask. What an awesome thing that is. Stand with me, will you?
Lord, there's so many competing voices around us and so many things we actually want to hear. But we call out again and say, speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Use your scripture to enlighten our lives. Make it alive through your Holy Spirit. Speak to us when we're laying down at night. Speak to us during the day. Speak to us in dreams. Speak to us through others. But Lord, just speak to us, we pray. For those that are asking, seeking, knocking, Lord, we, we declare with confidence that you are going to speak into their lives in a powerful way. And we rejoice over that and thank you.